further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, we are super excited about this podcast because for the very first time, can we do a little drum roll? We are featuring a special guest. Would you like to introduce that guest? It's my dad! Yay for dads! Also known as John Kaplan. Would you like to say hi, John? Hi. It's nice to be with you both, having listened to your podcast, now to sit here and see how uh, you do it and to be a part of it. Yes. And so for those of you that right now are maybe thinking, great, they brought their dad on or my dad on to do something. He also comes with a wealth of knowledge in a topic that I th- all three of us care about. Very much. And I also have a relationship with your dad because he's done a lot of pastoral coaching with me. So I don't know, John, maybe when you've listened to the podcast, you're like, man, she is directly quoting me there. And and maybe the feeling of Amy is also directly quoting me. Uh, isn't that the greatest form of flattery when somebody quotes you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say that we have just a high regard and esteem because being the first time we've invited anyone on this podcast, we don't do this lightly. A lot of people have asked us, actually. It's true. So here we are, John. We're delighted. We're thrilled. And... Uh, I know the richness in this podcast already has come from your mentorship, and so today people can hear from your very own mouth. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to be doing a two-part series, actually. We recognize that the topic John is going to be talking about is worth two parts. Today we are going to be talking about self-leadership. That sounds like so much fun. Doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Like a lot of self-discipline and self-control. All the things. Why would we care about (laughs) self-leadership? Maybe we should get John to pipe in here. Yes, and maybe tell us exactly what this is. Well, self-leadership is really the ability of, of yourself to manage who you are and what you do in such a way that you can show up Uh, in ways that uh, impact people positively and accomplish those things that you set out to do. And it makes me so excited and it is absolutely worth it in spite of our sarcastic introduction there that I love making a positive impact on the world and I sure found in my life that I'd sort of reached as far as I could go with the skills that I had. And then when I started doing some coaching with you, I recognized, you helped me recognize things that we could tweak and adjust, new ways of framing things, new ways of thinking about things, acknowledging stuff about myself that really all of a sudden sort of propelled me forward in effectiveness in my leadership. And what's the point of being a leader if you're not going to be effective? And frankly, everyone's a leader. If you're listening to this now and going, this one's not actually for me, I don't lead anyone, that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. And it also allows us to enter into activities and a lifestyle where we don't feel like we're uh, controlled and limited by both our thinking and what others do. Mm. Yeah. So inward and outward, right? Everywhere you go, you actually have an impact on the atmosphere. So you're leading something in that space. And then there's the internal part. And so today we're going to tackle the first part of the kind of two-part question. The first part is, how do I show up at my best? And then part two will be, how do I help others show up at their best? So I think the, f- the first part really has to start with uh, an assumption around, I can make a difference if I take responsibility for my world. So I can't blame it on everybody else. So that is right against the whole uh, victim mentality. It is, and all of us, going back to Adam, (laughs) 
yep. <laughs> and Eve have this uh, propensity to say, if everybody else would change, I could be better. Okay, and I totally admit it. <laughs> I admit it. I would even own it for myself that it often feels like if other people weren't so blank, then my life would be easier. I've had the privilege of being involved with lots and lots of people and, you know, listening to my own inner voice, of course. And you find that all of us at some point uh, go into this permission to feel a victim so that we don't have to actually have hard conversations, uh, stand against the flow, uh, act in ways that are not easy or comfortable. And so uh, it's easier just to say, if everybody else would change, the world would be better for mm. me. Yeah. So right. it's kind of a way of taking the easy way out. It kind of is a way. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to admit, like in my own growth trajectory, the first steps out of that victim zone, I guess we can call it, are hard because they're new and they're different and they're almost like fighting gravity or inertia. But the more you step into it, the more empowering it is. And I love that feeling of empowerment that I have so much authority over myself and even how the interactions around me happen that I'm not the victim. I've, I've had uh, a couple of, there's a couple of uh, phrases that sometimes I'll bring up when I'm coaching or uh, one of them is, well, let's pretend you're the leader for a moment. What would a leader do in this context? Well, you know, the people go, yeah, I am the leader. Well, they would do this. Well, how's that sound? And it's kind of that wake up. It's like, well, I am the leader rather than I'm not the one setting the agenda. I'm, I'm the one responding to everybody else's agenda. No, I'm, I'm setting the agenda. The other part is all of us determine the kind of persons we're going to be. And regardless of what everybody else is doing, what kind of person do you want to show up as? Yeah. What, what, what do you want to project out and show up? Even if everybody else is, you know, being mean or, or, or angry or frustrated, how do you want to show up and what would be the best way? And those, these are all keys to this self-leadership, uh, you know, managing your own inner voice to show up, to be able to perform and to be the kind of person you need to be. Yeah. So I think when you've asked me those theoretical questions and I'm like, well, a good leader would, even as I frame that response or that concept, I'm able to recognize actually what it is about my internal systems that are blocking me from being that person. So you talk about two components of leadership, competency and character. Yeah, those are the two, two rails uh, that we always look at. You know, Do I know what to do? Because sometimes I'm really excited, but I don't really know what to do. <laughs> and, but the other part of it is in most organizations, people's competency gets them the job. It's their character, particularly as they rise in leadership, that keeps them in those jobs. So you get mm. someone who's really good at something, but nobody wants to work with them. Or uh, they, they turtle or hide when hard decisions are being made. Or they're angry all of the time. Or those kinds of things. It's character issues that tend to thwart us the higher we go because our competencies got us there. And so character becomes very, very important, not only in the Christian realm, but even in the corporate realm. More and more, they're paying attention to this because they're finding people, you know, proud, arrogant, uh, angry, frustrated, you know, all of those kind of things create terrible environments for people to flourish in. And so both of these, competency and character, both of them can be improved upon. Absolutely. Right? You're not... Just to clarify, I think sometimes when we think about character, it's like, well, you have the character you have and... 
No. That's what you're stuck with. Sometimes there, I think what you're talking about, Amy, and you're quite right, people will confuse personality with character. Mm, okay, so what's the difference? Well, personality are those kind of innate abilities that were, that were God-given, etc. And all of them have shadow sides. Which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Or another way of putting them in is they're overused. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I tend to be very diligent and very focused. And I learned through pain and suffering, particularly of others, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I could get so focused that what would happen was I would be a bulldozer. And leave Never car- experienced that before. And leave carcasses behind. So we've already talked about Amy's healing process from all of this on other episodes. No, just well, and then on the other side, there's other people that are so people-oriented that every time there's any kind of tension or in there, oh, they just want everybody to be happy. Well... Sometimes when you have to move, there's people that are unhappy, and some mm-hmm. people are just unhappy because they're unhappy. And so people can't see your eyes right now, but you like really looked at me when you yeah. said that part <laughs> about keeping everyone happy. <laughs> and I've talked a lot about that on this podcast. So competency, anybody can take a course. Yeah. And you can improve your skills, and you should. Like I think you should constantly be a lifelong learner, growing learning skills. It's the character stuff where I feel like most of us need extra help. Because you have to face yourself. Yeah. Mm. So we did a whole episode on feedback. So people in your life are probably giving you feedback and you might be constantly defending yourself or blaming other people. So we've, we've talked a bit about feedback. What are some of the other ways that you recognize where character needs to have a little adjustment? Um, I think what happens is when we start to give ourselves permission to ignore areas uh, of weakness... So what would be a trigger or a a flag for you? When you keep running into the same problems over and over again, uh, when you are finding that people around you kind of disperse a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing some meetings where everybody stops looking at the person. (laughs) You know, or I like evaluations because it gets us hard data and that kind of stuff. But there is all sorts of data around us. And we all have an intuitive sense of the things that we really do well. Like, Mm. I know that I'm focused. Mm -hmm. I know that I like to get things done. I know that I like to process and think things through. What I'm not always aware of is uh, the impact on people. So I've had to pay really close attention. How does this affect people? Oh, I should probably talk to this person. They had a really bad day yesterday, I know, but, uh, you know, I'm busy. I should talk to them because they need me to talk to them. You know, like I have to pay attention to some things that aren't natural to me. Um, and, And although my personality is one way, I have to be aware as a leader, my character cannot excuse be excused if it has deficits just because it's my personality. Mm, For sure. Yeah. Just because I'm good with people Mm -hmm. doesn't mean uh, I'm good with people. So that doesn't compensate for my lack of ability to make hard decisions. Right. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So it's just because you have strengths in one area doesn't mean that you can neglect the weaker areas and just be like, this is my strength. This is what I'm going with. Right. The rest of the stuff. And for some people, self-awareness is just like so far removed from what they consciously dwell on that I tend to ask people questions along the line of, and depending on their personality, we kind of go one way or the other. What aggravates, angers, irritates you? Consistently get curious about that. Or if you have a different personality, what makes you weepy, sad, and tired? So just depending on your wiring, 
But those themes tend to be in humans, one or the other, more or less. And yeah. if you start to pay attention, every time this happens, I have this reaction, is for me, is a real clue. Oh, this is actually a place I can grow in my character. What do I need to do to show up differently? It's true, because it, you can't even begin to start developing your character if you actually have no idea where your strengths are and where your areas that need strengthening are. I mean, we know this even when it comes to the scripture in terms of the fruit of the spirit. Mm. I mean, we can't just say, I, I'm gentle. I don't need self-discipline. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Long-suffering? I don't want that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, like, so, so there's some of those that you think, yeah, you know, that just is so flow so easily. But, it, it, but it's all of the package. Mm-hmm. It's the fullness. And it really is. There are certain parts of the image of God that are deposited strongly in us. But there's other aspects that we call character. But we also, I think, of moral development that we have to pay more attention to. Hmm. Yeah. And it's unique for, for each of us, and, and that's why all of our journeys are quite unique. We can't say, you know, Michelle, I, I want, you know, she's got this, and I don't, so that's okay. When it comes to character, I have to say, Michelle has that, but she probably has some struggles. I have some struggles in some other areas, but both of us need to pay attention to those things that we do less easily. Mm. And that's part of this self-leadership. I need to pursue those things, not avoid them. Yeah. And that's really, really uncomfortable. In all honesty, that's a lot of work. I just want our listeners to hear that. I mean, though we're talking about this, I haven't found this fun until the work is done. But then it's just so exciting and empowering. So I've given you permission to ask me hard questions. Amy and I have the kind of relationship where... I actually want her to check in with me on how are you doing with X, Y, and Z, right? So we, we've talked about that in our podcast. It can be tricky to find the right people to do this with. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are lots of good tools on the internet. You can take an Enneagram mm-hmm. test or there's just a lot out there that will give you a clue of your shadow sides. I found the most helpful part of those things isn't the, yay, this is what's awesome about you. Because I already know what's awesome about me if I'm going to be honest. But I don't like thinking about the other stuff. I shy away from it. And a lot of those tests have given me clues of, oh, yeah. And almost all personality profiles have some sort of grid that goes back to Hippocrates on task orientation or people orientation. There's almost all of that. And how initiatory or responsive are we? And we'll always have areas that are most natural to us. And we don't have to apologize for those. But we do have to be aware that we can't excuse other areas of our life that actually thwart that. Hmm. Yeah. You run into people all around us who are incredibly gifted in and challenged. And, and this is where emotional intelligence came in because they found that people that were really smart could destroy organizations faster than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't IQ that really helped. It was this emotional quotient. When you start to look at all of that, it really gets into moral development and things that we would see as spiritual development as well. Mm-hmm. So we've done a podcast about analytical and intuitive where we've talked about how we need each other and we need the diversity. And that's so important. The other thing that I would say has been really helpful for me, which is part of the really uncomfortable part, is kind of confessing and repenting of the root stuff that holds me back. So you and I have talked a lot about my avoidance of conflict, right? how to make everybody happy. And somehow that felt really Christian in my mind. <laughs> But then when we dug into, say, the fear of conflict, like what's underneath that? And it comes down to, well, of course, peace is nice and it's nice when everybody gets along, but it's also, I want people to like me, which then is connected to pride and vanity. And all of a sudden it becomes something that's actually gross and ugly. And I recognize that and it 
it's uncomfortable, but it's made me want to do battle with it. So confess and repent. God, I can see that underneath all of this is a sin of protecting self and image and pride and things like that. Okay, forgive me, cleanse me, fill me with your spirit. Because honestly, apart from him, some of these kinds of things, I need Jesus. So when I'm sitting in that meeting and I'm thinking my choices, do I show up to lead well? I'm going to have to disagree here. And that's going to make other people uncomfortable and they're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. What is God's vision, plan, and purpose for this organization? Is it worth fighting for? Spirit, come and fill me with courage. Give me your words. We want to make a positive difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've raised a real important part of this uh, self-leadership, which is, what is my inner narrative? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that narrative is often what restricts us, limits us, uh, thwarts us, uh, and it comes from a variety of sources. And uh, this is where we find the word is so powerful mm-hmm. because you know it transforms our mind. It it changes our thinking, and uh, and in, in, in such a ways that in that we don't even know what the issues are. But dividing of soul and spirit, you know that the ability of the word to kind of get to the heart of things. And so that's why the word's really important, as it's empowered by the Spirit, and I listen. Uh, it, can, it can start to bring to our attention those things, change our th- understanding of it, help us understand God's part in this that uh, shifts. I don't have to be at the center of all this. God, God can help me through this. You know, all of those kind of narratives that can overpower these restricting narratives. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about the the self-leadership thing is that it's not behavior. This isn't like, here's a three-step plan. You know, you need to ask these four people in your job and then put this whatever plan together and everyone has to follow it. Like, it's not behavior-based, but it's a transforming of the internal that then interacts with the external. So it's, it's transferable. This can be for businesses, like you said. This can be for church leaders. This can be for our own Moms and dads. Moms and dads. It's not just those that are in high levels that are under, let's have an organizational strategy, but it's like work with each leader and then together an organizational strategy comes out of the self-leadership. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, I think what we're uh, starting to, to touch on is there are levels of uh, learning and change. One is behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in coaching, they talked about this, and but I learned it when I was pastoring, is there's the next level is there's a change of thinking that manifests itself in a change of behavior. Mm-hmm. Then there is a change of identity mm-hmm. that changes how we think about everything, but changes mm-hmm. in behavior. But if nothing changes in behavior, nothing's really changed. That's true. Yep, that's true. But just changing your behavior, unless there is an accompanying thinking and understanding where place in the world, it, it gets really hard. It's like you're fighting yourself. It's not sustainable for me. It's not sustainable. But when you start to understand your place in the world differently mm-hmm. uh, and change it, and you know, we do a persona adjustment. I'm going to pursue being this. Uh, and when you do that, you start to you start to think about yourself differently. Okay, I'm this kind of person in this context. How does that person show up? Mm-hmm. That's really those are really powerful changes. And that, in my view, is is really what the spirit that changes our understanding of our place in the world, who we are, and that manifests in in terms of how we think about this situation. 
you know, I, I can show up as a people pleaser because mm-hmm. I just want people to like me, or I can show up as a, a leader who is moving uh, people towards a preferred future, yeah, towards the things that God calls us towards. Well, that's mm-hmm. a different, you know, if everybody's not happy, that's okay yeah. because we're going the right way. There's a promised land for us to pursue yeah. rather than it's nice to stay in the desert and everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of self-leadership in my own internal world, we've talked about we can have competency and character are the two key factors. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, John, what would you say to people like, what do you recommend as a starting place where I need to grow in this? What do you, What should I do? Well, the first thing is is to gather some clarity about those things are thwarting behavior and, and, and limiting mindsets. Okay, so we've talked about that a little bit. Some clues about ways you can look at that. There's tools, being self-aware of your own responses. And I, one of the pieces that, uh, you know, self-awareness in, and, and then self-management are the two kind of pieces that are really at the heart of this. Self-awareness is is really important, but for some people it's a little difficult. But we all have a sense of the change of the inner voice. Hmm. You know, when there's mall music in our head, everything's just kind of nice thoughts. And all of a sudden it's like, what are they saying to me? Are they saying that I'm thinking I'm stupid? Or, or what are they saying? You know, that, that kind of that yeah, voice. Yeah, the shift like, where all of a sudden it's, it goes <laughs> like everything's heightened. Yeah, yeah. It's, it go, I call it going from mall music to rock music okay. yeah, in your head. <laughs> That's going to be you, forever in my head yeah, now. Well, you can tell. And, and yeah. you know that moment is a moment of self-awareness that some button, something has been pushed that has changed it. And, and learning how to recognize, okay, why is that there? Yeah, like, normally we on? go to blame, shame, yeah. instead of curiosity. So I always just say, if I can just take a deep breath yeah. and become curious, why did I shift there instead of blaming because he did the thing? Yeah. Why did I be curious? And understanding that my emotional response to that is my emotional response to that as a result of my thinking about it. No, 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 no. People made me feel this way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do we have and a sarcasm? <laughs> Tom, we should play certain music for sarcastic comments. I mean, it's, I, it's exactly what happens. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. I, they made me... What, did they hold you down and say... <laughs> We're just not allowed to ever say that. It, yeah. You actually can't. You can't ever say someone else made me. I am the boss of me. I feel things, and those feelings are important flags, warning signs, flashing lights. They tell me something, but they're not the boss of me. No. Mm-hmm. And there's incredible liberty when you realize that you don't need other people to change for you to change. Such a good space to be. It's a little bit more work to get there, but it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. I am am responsible for my responses, for my thinking, Mm -hmm. and my feelings flow from my thinking. So one more question maybe for this. We talked about how can you develop this. What's your nutshell, how can you sabotage it? Maybe we've already covered it with our brilliant humor about blaming everyone else. <laughs> well, well, you know, victimology. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. and I let's recognize externally there are people that are victims of things, etc. Totally. Yes. That's different, however, than living in a victim mindset, which is everybody else needs to change. I'm not responsible. And you know, so self-differentiation is the idea of taking maximum responsibility for my behavior, uh, but not taking it for others. Fine line there, right? Being responsible and yet not false responsibility into I'm responsible for myself 
only not responsible for myself and everyone else. Yeah. Aware and, that I have an impact on others, but that they still have their own little circle of being entirely who they are that's not me. Yeah. I will own everything I can start and stop. Mm-hmm. I will not That's own. That's a good phrase. That is a great phrase. Say it again. Sorry, John. We yeah. interrupted you because we need to repeat it. Because that was a good it. one. Say it again. I will own everything I can start and stop. I Everything I can start and stop. Mm. I can control what I speak. I can control what I'm thinking. I, all of that, I will own all that. I can control my behavior. I, I will not own what others do and think. It's good. I'm just having the thought of sometimes I think I can start and stop other people's behavior. Yeah, I was having the same thought. And I was like, hmm. Which, that, that really is, now we're getting into control. That's control if we think we can start and stop other people things. Yeah. Others things. And it's, and it's the reverse of the other one, which is if everybody would change, then I would be different. Now what's happening is we believe we can change everybody, yeah. so they'll be different. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to unpack that into a picture of, so if I say to my husband, I don't like when you talk that way. I'm saying this is how I feel, but I'm not saying what you have to start and stop. Mm-hmm. It's a good little, just had to p- put a picture there mm-hmm. of what that, how that would break down for me. Yeah. What am I responsible to start and stop? And for, for a leader, I mean, that's absolutely essential in order to create a really healthy, responsible environment. Mm, yeah. I will own my anger. I will own my frustration. I will own uh, my fear. I will own all of that. And I will create an environment where I call those things out and, and you know, and, and try to shut them down when they're present, all of that kind of stuff. But understanding that each of these people have to own their stuff as well. And I will hold them accountable for them. So mm-hmm. good. So that last sentence there really seemed like a sneak peek into our part two that is coming. How do I help others show up at their best? Perfect. So tune in to our next one. For now, we hope this has been some good thoughts, some good ideas to trigger curiosity and provoke some growth. And we just pray for you as you listen to this, that God himself will speak to you in your story, the things that he's highlighting for you right now as he is drawing you further up and further in. Mm -hmm.